0: Thankful for the Lord tonight. We're honored to have Sister Maddie preaching for us this evening. I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands this way as we do, and we're going to pray for her as she comes and delivers the word tonight. We're thankful for what God's doing in her life and where God's taking her, and we just pray right now for the Holy Ghost just to come over her in such a strong and powerful way. Lord, I ask that you that she would be able to deli- deliver this message and the manner in which she received it from you. And Jesus, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for what's going to happen through your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. Give her a hand tonight. Amen. Well, I'm honored to be able to stand before you tonight, and it's it's easier for me coming in and out of a worship service like that when I feel the presence of the Lord that I know that my help is already in the house, and I'm hoping that he can help me to deliver this message to you as I have received it. I'm thankful to be able to stand in front of you. I want to thank Pastor Ronnie, Pastor Jade, for always supporting us to stepping into our callings, and it's exciting to get to work for the kingdom of God, and I'm honored to stand before you today and to do that. And this message might be a little bit different than some that I have given before. I got it in a different way. The Lord was processing things in my spirit, and I'm learning to grow and to lean into that when the Lord's taking me in a certain direction. And like we mentioned earlier, the song, Send Me, is perfect for this message. It's, my message it goes into that a lot, so I'm going to be referencing that. But I just hope that the Lord can help me to deliver it to you as I have received it. And our scripture tonight is going to be in Acts chapter 20 we're going to be talking about Paul. And it's a man that's been spoke about often within the last few weeks from this house. And the first thing that I thought of when I kept hearing people say Paul's name was my flesh wanted to get worried. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, they're preaching my message for me two weeks ago and then on Sunday and then tonight. But the Lord began to remind me that that's just his spirit confirming that this is a timely word for his people. And that when you hear something like that, and you might hear references to other messages that have happened. It's important to realize that the spirit is putting his remnant in a certain vein. We're beginning to hear from the spirit in the same words. And we're going to confirm some of those things tonight. And I'm excited to get to do that. So Acts chapter 20, verses 18 to 27, you do not have to stand quite yet, because I'm going to give you a little bit of background before we get there. But in Acts chapter 20, we're looking at Paul, and he has been on a journey. And instead of reading the first 18 verses, I'm just going to tell you what I gathered from it. And you can go back and read it afterwards to get your own account. But it said, Paul had been on a journey, and he'd been ministering in Asia. And he went from city to city, and he was walking, and he was traveling by boat, and he was going to all these people, and he was spreading the gospel. He was preaching in homes. He was preaching in churches. He was preaching anywhere that he could. If they had him in the streets, he would have him there. He would preach through the night. He would preach through the day. At all, thing that he wanted to do was just give the gospel to these people. And miracles were being done, and wonders were following him, and he was raising those from the dead. And he was giving the message of Christ to believers and to non-believers. And all of those things sound really great. And it sounds like verses 1 through 18 was a really good time for Paul. But That's not necessarily the case because the entire time that Paul was doing that and you were seeing the Lord work in his life, he was getting death threats from the Jews in the cities around him, but he just kept on preaching anyways. And he ran the risk of being put in jail every single time that he was opening his mouth, but he kept on doing it anyways. He was not always accepted in all the places he went, but he continued to travel the entire continent there because he felt the Lord had placed him there at this specific time. And I say that to tell you that and Paul's speaking out. He's, he's getting adversity back to him. He had been pouring his part out, and people weren't accepting the message. And that's where we come to. So if you want to stand, we're going to get to his word. In verses 9 through 11, it talks about a young boy who became tired when Paul was preaching. Because he was preaching all night long. And that would be a long message if I kept you here until the sun comes up. You might fall asleep too. And Eutychus fell asleep while he was preaching and that's a message in itself that you get a little comfortable in church and you can start to fall asleep. But that's not what I'm preaching about tonight. Paul paused his preaching and the boy fell through the window and he fell three stories down and Paul ran downstairs and he found that boy laying lifeless. But Paul decided to lay himself on top of that boy and to say there was still life within him. Paul still saw something in him. Even though he was sleeping while Paul was preaching and Paul could have been offended, Paul could have been upset I was talking to you why were you sleeping anyways don't sit in the windows in church you should be listening during church he could have scorned him he could have kept on preaching and ignored the fact that one little boy fell off in the back but Paul didn't decide to do that he decided to go down and extend him mercy and so when we're offended it's not our place but it's the spirit's place to always operate through us and that's what Paul did he could have been afraid of the death threats and he could have stopped and he could have continued preaching but he continued to give the gospel the way he was receiving it So he gathered the elders and we're in verse 18. We're going to start reading. So that's the events that just happened. And now here we are. And it says, when they arrived, speaking of the elders, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came to the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and the Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole of God. I'm going to read 24 again. That's my main verse tonight. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace and I hope that that was Paul's prayer and that that can become your prayer tonight after hearing this message so let's just go before the Lord in prayer Lord I just thank you for your word and for its anointing God I just ask that you will meet us here in this house Lord that you will help me to deliver your word as I have been given it that you will speak to our spirits God that we may reflect we may examine and we may go out spreading your good news and I thank you for what will be accomplished in this house for the lives that can be changed if we have ears to hear Lord we pray this all in your name and Jesus this mighty name the church says amen and amen so I'm going to review what we just read it says in the scripture we just learned what matters more than anything else to Paul more than anything in the world he made sure that his last words to the councilmen of the town was that he was led by the spirit and that he had done everything he could do to accomplish the work that the Lord had given him he knew he was to fulfill an assignment, and how many knows that we have assignments today of our own? We're not called to be Paul, but we're all called to have our own assignment and to walk out the path that God has for us, and Paul was so certain of that path, and I began to think of a lot of questions that I could have reflect on. I could have asked Paul as he's going through this time, and a few of them were, Paul, how did you do it? How did you walk around all these cities and be persecuted day after day and be having these death threats come to you and knowing that it could cost you your life, but you kept on going it? How did you keep traveling when you were so tired? How did you not worry about going to prison? How did you not fear for your life? And how did you get your priorities right? How did you not get offended when you spoke your heart and people still fell asleep? And I was reminded it's because he knew that his life was not his own. And so all of those things meant nothing to him because his only goal was to complete his assignment. And I had to look at myself in the mirror and I had to reflect, is my only goal, is the only thing that matters to me, my only priority above everything else to complete the assignment that the Lord has given me? And is that your goal tonight? Are we walking around like Paul with a hundred percent certainty that this is the path that the Lord has placed us on, that we have a duty to fill because we do and i began looking over his life and in just this scripture alone we can find so many lessons we can learn from paul the first thing that i begin to realize is that the lord was never telling us that it was about man's approval And he's saying you're going to face opposition and the message of Christ is not one to pass fire to please always. And that's why Paul was getting that feedback because it was the flesh becoming to get into opposition when the spirit was speaking. And in John 15 and 20, it says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. So we can't expect that when we accept this call that it's going to be an all easy life, that we're not going to face persecution or tribulation because that's not what the promise is. But we have another promise that we can stand on. I'll get to that in just a moment. I began to think about Paul and he taught me the lesson that it doesn't have to be a people pleaser. You don't have to say the right things to draw a crowd. That it's not about a crowd, it's not about an audience, it's not for people, but it's for the Lord. We don't need to mimic the world and to change our lives and to try to fit in to get people to come to the word because the word does the drawing for us. It's not my job to make the Bible pleasing to you. It's not my job to get you to want to come to church. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can draw men unto him. And when the spirit begins to draw, it's not about a look or a, a song or a sound or the way you carry yourself. It's the spirit moving in you that is attracting those not you and yourself and I begin to remember that as I'm looking at Paul and realizing that all this time people still kept coming it's because the spirit was drawing them and in John 6 44 it says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them so that tells me that even if we do try to draw them if we do try to make it and if we are trying to add to it which we shouldn't be doing that wouldn't draw them anyway because the only thing that draws them is the father who sent me according to John chapter 6. Another lesson I began to learn from Paul is that you're telling me that I'm gonna face temptations even when I'm saved? Yes, you will. Paul did. Jesus did. All of us in this room probably have. And there is a promise for us, though, in 1 Corinthians chapter ten, thirteen, And it tells you that God is faithful and that he will never tempt you beyond what you can bear, and that there will always be a plan of escape for you. So our promise is not an easy life. Our promise is not a perfect message. Our promise is that we have a God that will go through the hard times with us and that even in the valley, we know that he's not neglected us and that he'll never leave us. And that's a promise that we can hold on to today. And the fourth message that I begin to learn from this, the fourth lesson, is the main one that I want to focus on tonight. And that message is, so you're telling me that even when things happen to me, I do not have to be a victim. And one of the hardest lessons I believe that it is to accept, and it is for me, is that we are not what has happened to us. And that our life is more than just the labels of our past or the things that we have been through. And that can be such a hard message for people to accept, maybe because of guilt, maybe because of shame, of our own pride, of admitting that we were wrong at a point. I don't know what it is for you or why it makes it hard to accept that. But I know that Paul went through a lot of things. He didn't always have it easy. To name a few of them, he was thrown in jail. He was shipwrecked three different times. One of those times, he was lost at sea when it happened. He's been stoned. He was beaten. He was sent death threats. He carried a very heavy burden for the churches. That was hard to do on his own. He faced persecution from people in the church, from people of all types. So we can look at Paul and we can realize he went through some suffering. And he could have easily pulled an excuse and saying, well, traveling's too hard. The message got a little too heavy for me. These people are really coming against me. It would have been really easy for Paul to be a victim. But if he would have chose to do that, I couldn't stand here today and talk about him. Because he never played the victim. And we can play the victim too. And normally, it's the easier route to take and it makes our flesh feel a little bit better. Because we can say things like, well, you didn't see how they looked to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't know the kind of day that I've had. Those are expressions that we probably have all said at some point. Because it's easy to fall into that mindset. I've been pulled in a thousand directions. I'm tired. I've got a lot on my plate. And I should get to react this way. They're the ones that are wrong. All valid excuses to us. But are they really? Because we could all say those things. and We could all become the victim. But the Lord began to talk to me about being a victim. And he said, it's more than just a word. It's a mindset and that people are walking around with victim mentalities, with a victim mindset. And that's what I really wanted to talk to you about, because when you do that, you are doing a disservice to not only yourself, but to those around you, because it doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone that you're interacting with. And the Lord gave me a word, and i begin to write down this quote. And it says, when you have a victim mindset, you are denying yourself of the conqueror mentality that you should be walking in. When you play the victim to what life throws at you, you are handing over the power that you have to overcome. So the Lord has given us the power and the strength to overcome these obstacles when they come to us. So when we accept defeat and we walk around because it's easier to play the victim, we're denying that power that God has been given to us. We're doing a disservice to ourselves. We're doing a disservice to our community. We're doing a disservice to everyone around us because that thing that you're victim to should be your testimony. That's what you should be able to witness out of and to help people come out of. But too many times we get stuck in it because it's an easy place to be stuck in. And that's what the Lord began to talk to me about was that I don't want my my people to be stuck. That we are no longer victims. We weren't victims when the Calvary came all those years ago. We weren't victims when we became covered by the blood. And when that has changed for us, we get to walk around differently, but we're neglecting that right. So I got this revelation about a victim mindset, and I began writing, and I just want to share to you what the Lord was telling me. I had to preach this to myself. I said it to myself in the mirror, and I want to say it to you guys, and I want you to get it in your spirit, because the Lord has given you the ability to overcome whatever it is that you're facing. If you've been struggling with it for a day, for a week, for an hour, for a year, for 10 years, whatever it is that has you victim to it, it could be a thing, it could be a person, it could be a circumstance, it doesn't matter what it is. The Lord has given you the power to overcome it, I hope that you can do that with me tonight. So this is what the Lord told me. The Lord gave you to overcome this. Through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we are more than conquerors. It is by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies that we become the overcomers. The situation does not get to dictate how I feel or how I act, but I have the authority to talk to the situation and demand that the atmosphere will change. We should not be bowing down to an adversary, to an environment, or to a situation, but when we do, we are letting it hold us victim. If a situation is doing that to you, is because you allowed it to have that power, and it It is your time to take your power back. Because the Lord has given us the keys to the kingdom. He has given us the power to bind and to loose. He has given us the authority and the boldness to approach any mountain and to tell it to be cast down and it shall be removed. To slay any giant, to Tread on the head of any enemy, to walk tall, to walk strong in stature, and to not be a prisoner to the things of our past that have tried to reach onto us. It is time now to decide that even though the suffering may come, and even if the path may take me in the valley of the shadow of death, if it comes hell or high water, in the face of temptation or the middle of tribulation, I will not be a victim any longer. I will never lose my praise. I will never surrender my shout. I will not back up. I will not give up. I will not bow down. I will not lose my sound because that is not the spirit that my Lord has given me but I will recognize my place I will recognize my voice I am the head and I am not the tail my best days are before me the spirit of the Almighty will lead me and the Lord and Lord and King of Kings calls me his child his will for my life is not for me to walk in defeat or to be a prisoner to anything he did not create me to sit in silence but he has given me a task to complete and it is now my time to complete it the enemy wants you to to think that you are a victim And that you're only labeled by the situations that have happened to you. But that is not how the Lord sees you anymore. And from this day forward, you should not see yourself that way either. Because he has called you to be something more than the situations that happened to you. You deserve more than to walk around in a defeated state for the rest of your life. Because this is a battle that you have already won. You have dominion over it. You have authority over it. It was never his will or his intention to keep you in a bound place. But for you to overcome it. You will break. Break out of the victim mindset and the mentality that keeps you bound in your mind and makes you think that everything must be coming against me. It makes me think that I'll never be good enough. It makes me think that when I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see. It makes me think that I don't have the words. I don't have the strength. But I'll tell you, it's not in myself and I am unworthy. But he made me worthy. And that's why I can be an overcomer. And that's why I am no longer a victim because of the authority and the power that he holds over things. So it will not keep me bound any longer we are not victims we are victors we are not the church that can be overcame we are the church that overcomes we are not the conquered we are the conquerors we are not the hurting and the afflicted we are the healed we are not the naked but we have been clothed by God we were once lost but now I have been found we are not only found ultimate foundation so no terminology no event of my past no label from men no way of perception i can look at myself in my mind will keep me bound any longer because i have been made in the newness and the image of my father i am more than a victim but an overcomer i'm going to take my story back the enemy's not going to keep writing it for me i'm going to decide that i'm taking the keys i'm going to take back some territory into some rain and i will not be a victim to what happened We are made in his image. We are made worthy, not because we deserve it, but because he loved us enough to do that for us. And we can ask ourselves, and how did Paul do it? How did Job do it? How did Jesus do it? How did the founders of our faith do it? How do they keep going when all these things have happened to them? The Lord led me to one word because they realized it. And we have to realize that word tonight. And the word is Surrender. When we surrender, our life is no longer our own, but it's made new in him. And that's why my title for tonight is I surrender, send me. Because you first have to realize that you're no longer the victim, that you're the victor in order for you to, be able to walk in the destiny that God has for you. Because he doesn't want you walking around defeated and in chains of yesterday that he already broke off. It would be a little silly if you were bound to a jail and you were in the chain and the Lord set you free but you kept walking around for years dragging that chain behind you, but it's not a practice to the prison house anymore. But did you not realize that you were free, that he has given us the authority to walk and to move, that we are no longer what used to happen to us, but we've been made new. And it's a mindset, and sometimes it's hard to see that. But I don't want to be a victim, and I don't want you to be victims anymore either. I want to live the way that Paul did, because he said that no matter what comes my way or what adversary I face, I'm going to have victory over it. I'm not going to be the victim. And I hope that you guys feel the same way and that you don't want to be victims anymore to what has happened to you or the labels of your yesterday, but that you want to be overcomers in it. And when we realize that our life is not our own to begin with, that it belongs to another, and you choose to surrender to his will and to his way, everything will begin to change in your life and your perspective and your outlook and the way that you're walking. When you realize that you belong to another and that this isn't your own anyways, it becomes a lot easier. So what is surrender? I'm asking you to surrender. What does that mean? It means to stop resisting. We know that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and that the Lord can be knocking and knocking on the door of your heart tonight. But you have to be the one that stops resisting and said, "I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to no longer be the victim. To surrender means to relinquish power. To submit and acknowledge that you have done all that you can do on your own, but that you need him to take it from here. And giving up power, it's kind of crazy to think about because we really didn't have power in ourselves anyway. So why is it so hard to give it up? But it is because we like to act like we do. We like to act like if we try our best in ourselves, and our flesh, that we can get it done. But we never could. The beauty of surrendering is that when you do, then you receive the power. Then you receive the power of the Lord behind you and you can overcome it. So tonight you can say that you've tried all the options, that you've searched every avenue, that you tried to fill a void in yourself, you turned to the world, you turn to social media, you turned to a bottle, you turned to pills, you turned to money, turned to relationship, whatever it was that you turned to, things that you didn't want to say, you don't want to admit the things that you've turned to. Whatever it is that you've turned to, I want to ask you, have you tried turning it over to God? And when I say it, it sounds like that should be the first thing I do, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's easier to pick up the phone and say, I'm just having a really bad day. Did you pray about it? Or do you just wanna talk about it? It's easy to just sit there and just to talk about it or to just try to go through or to put on a fake smile and to come in and come out. And that's just a stubbornness of humanity, I guess. We want to seem like we have control or that we have it all together and it keeps us in a state of bondage. We don't even realize it. But if we would just come to our senses and surrender it to him, he would take every weight with it. That cycle that you seem to be stuck in, he could take you out of it because he's a God that can do it instantly. What man can't do in years, he can accomplish for you in just a moment. He could reverse all of that that you have walked through. That's the type of power that he has. And when you surrender, you're getting that. We think that if we sit in our certain spot beside our family and our outfits and we smile and we come in, that eventually the smiles will become real and it'll be fixed and it's okay. I've been at church for years. That's not what God wants for you. He wants you to come in in boldness. He doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be a victor. And sometimes we think that we have it all okay and we decide to take our eyes off of him for just a second. And that's when the sinking starts that's when the shaking starts and you know sometimes it takes a sinking or a shaking to get our attention but I hope that I can get this message to you before you get to that point tonight and it seems easier to call so-and-so or to post about it or to walk in at church and forget about it. But the Lord's saying you have the ability all in yourself to surrender this. You don't need someone else to do it for you or a message to do it for you or someone to come pray with you. You have the power. And only you can get out of this situation for yourself if you want it. And I believe that he wants that for us tonight. Amen. Because when we decide to surrender, we're gaining so much. We gain support. We gain strength in our weakness. And we allow the Lord to fight our battles. And the moment that you truly surrender is the first moment of true obedience that you will experience in your life. And our surrender not only affects us, but it affects others. And we can think about the story of Paul when he was in prison. He could have chosen to sit in prison and to be bound and to sit in pity or to stay in bondage. But he was living a surrendered life. So he decided he wasn't going to be a victim to his circumstances, but he was going to make a change. And when Paul acted in obedience to the Lord and he allowed God to use the situation for his good, it not only saved Paul, but it affected all the prisoners. It affected the jailer. It affected the jailer's family, all because of one man's willingness to surrender. And that's how important it is for us to do today. Because surrender and obedience, they go hand in hand. And once we surrender, we will be fully aligned with the will of God, walking in a newfound obedience, and then his spirit can move through us as a surrendered vessel. Now the first surrender is surrender of salvation. We can take surrendering our life to Christ. That's the first thing of surrender we can have. And it shows that we're dying to the flesh and we're giving our life over to God. And there will be an evident change once you have surrendered that. And I saw a video clip from a podcast and I wanted to share the story because it went really well with what I was talking about. And it was about a man who was running late to work and he walked into a meeting late and they were saying, where have you been? And he said, I was on my way here and a logging truck came and hit me and it hit my car. And he just drives a little car and then he he came into work and they said, was your car okay? Are you okay? You know, you don't look banged up. You don't seem nervous. How are you doing okay right now? And he's like, well, it didn't really affect me. It didn't really change me. And they didn't believe him. They said, there's no way that just happened to you. I would be able to tell if you and your little car just got hit by that truck. And this man on the podcast began to talk and said, it's the same way when God comes into your life. When you say the Lord of all creations comes into your life, wouldn't there be a big change? Well, and you look a little bit different, you'd be a little bit rattled, maybe you'd have a different appearance, a different outlook a different things. When we surrender, there will be an evident change in our lives that that event happened to us. Not because someone told us what the standards are and what yes or no is, but because we have this identity with God, this relationship that we've never had before. And it makes us hunger after things we never hungered before. It makes us thirst after things we never thirst after before. And that's the power of surrender. It's a freshness and it's a newness of the spirit. Not only do we surrender God when we get saved, but we also surrender every situation every single day from your work, your home, your relationship, whatever it is that you have. You have to surrender that to God and surrender can be scary because it takes us operating on faith. But Paul said in the scripture, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. So Paul was operating on faith too in this story because he didn't know what was going to face him when he went there. The Holy Spirit had warned him that there was going to be people there that were fighting against him the same as they had in this land. But he said, I have enough faith that the Lord has brought me this far and that he's going to continue to bring me out that I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to keep surrendering. And that teaches us something that God will give us direction, but he may not fill in every little detail for us yet. Because sometimes it's hard to walk by faith because you don't see the big picture, but it's not always for us to see. If we begin to just walk in alignment with what the Lord is telling you, little by little, it might just be one step. You still might not see where it's going, but if you're walking in the little acts of obedience and the little acts of surrender, He will begin transforming your life into a complete surrender. And that's why our answer should always be, yes, Lord. And Paul knew for certain that he was walking in the will of God because he had laid everything down and was being led by the Spirit. And if we can get to that place tonight where we get our priority so that the Lord's agenda for our life is the only thing that matters, we are willing to fully do whatever it is that he asks for us, then we can also say that our answer will be yes. And it's possible that our obedience will be the key to unlocking the doors of our future. But until we decide to walk in obedience, which comes with surrendering, and allow him to use us in whatever way possible, we won't be able to make it to the next level but being surrendered, being humble, being broken before him will allow him to mold us into the position that we need to be. Sometimes our theory is that we have to come to God with all of the problems fixed out, that we have a plan. We can tell him, I'm okay, God. Look, I fixed it. I did it and I'm, I'm worthy now. But that's not really how God wants it to happen. He wants us to come to him exactly as we are, exactly in your mess, exactly in that situation that you don't even want to talk about. He wants you to come to him in that moment and let him fix it. We don't have to fix it and then go to him and say, look, I did it. I'm worthy now. It's not about acts. We could never earn it. We can never be worthy of it. Nothing we could do would ever make it okay. So we just need to come to him in our brokenness and our humbleness and just just tell him, this is where I am and he will still meet you there. When you can turn yourself over to him as a broken vessel, you will see the world in a new way because you're going to realize that I'd rather be broken and humbled before God than trying to go to the world whole because they would just break me down anyways. We can make those unreachable full expectation of perfection for ourselves so we can allow him to be the God in our lives and truly surrender. And that's why I began to think of the song, Send Me Tonight, and that's why I wanted to sing it. It was placed on my heart because it's been a personal prayer of mine that here I am, Lord, you can send me. That's my way of saying, Lord, I'm surrendering my life, all of my hopes, all of my dreams. Lord, you see the future. You know my heart's desires. I'm giving that all to you knowing that you have it in you, that you're gonna pull it off for me. I know that you will. I know that I can be rooted on you and that no matter what it is, no matter what task it is, the task that I begin to say in the beginning of that song, if it's bandaging the broken, if it's washing filthy feet, here I am Lord, you can send me. It might sound like a dirty job or a job that you're saying, I've never done that before, I don't know if I could do that. But if it means that the men will reject me, I'm still going to say the things that you've told me to say because I know that I'm called to be a mouthpiece for you. And above all, it's saying that I want to be known by you. I want to be a vessel for you. I want to say yes to your will and to your way. You can have your way in my life. You can have your way in my home and my family in my church and my job. And when you begin to say those things, don't be surprised when you begin to see things change because when you surrender it to God, then he can work in it. Then he can move in it. Then he can take over and have his way. But We just have to give him that power. I'm going to surrender every hope and dream. And I sing that tonight because Paul's life showed it. And many of our lives might want to reflect that. And you might say, well, you don't understand what it is that I have to surrender. It's hard. I know that we face some hard things, but I know that we serve a God that's bigger. He's bigger than anything we could come against. There's nothing too big that we can't surrender to him. And you might look at me and say, well, Maddie, I already have the doctor's report. You don't understand, I already have the symptoms. I already have the family history. I already have the medical history. You don't get it. It looks like this is the outcome. Then I'll tell you, you haven't met my God yet. Because he can turn an impossible situation and work it out for your good when you choose to surrender it to him. Even if you think it's the final say. You say, the doctor already signed it. It's already over. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be over. You can say, I've carried this thing for years. You say, I've walked in it. I've wearied over it. I've cried over it. I've carried it at this very altar. But he's saying the last thing that you're holding on to is that one little thing in the deepest part of your heart that you say, I can't let go because they hurt me you didn't hear the thing they said about me I deserve to hold on to this when you're holding on to that you're keeping yourself in bondage and you don't want that linked he wants to take that out of that deepest place the place that you can't talk about the place that you don't want to think about the place that he delivered you from that last piece that you're holding on to of that it's keeping your mind in bondage and he wants you to be free from it you can say but sister Maddie I'm a Christian I've been a Christian my whole life I shouldn't be struggling this way There's nothing I can't handle. I'm just going to go to church. It's going to be okay. It doesn't matter if you've been at this church one time, if you've been at this church a thousand times. It doesn't matter if you say that you're a Christian. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for 20 years. If there is something that can try to hold you captive, it could be in your mind. It could be a person. It could be fear. It could be doubt. It could be worry. Whatever it is, you're letting yourself be a slave to that thing. And he wants you to be a slave to nothing. And it's okay It's only going to be one more time, Maddie. I'm just going to do it one more time. I can't surrender it yet. Until your one more time becomes a cycle that you can't get out of, and that's your life. One more time becomes two more times, become ten more times, and now I don't see a way out of it, and it's too dark. But tonight, I'm throwing you the life preserver. You can get out of it. You don't have to do it one more time. You don't have to go down that road one more way. He wants you to break the cycle off of your life because you are not a victim to that thing anymore. And once you get it made up in your mind, I am not a victim to it, then you're not going to be. You can say, I've made it this far and I'm doing okay. But that's what Eutychus thought too. That's the boy that was in the window. He thought he was okay because he was in the church. But he fell asleep and unfortunately for him your comfortability and your contentment can quickly turn into your downfall if you don't watch it your lack of surrender can be taken as blatant disobedience after hearing the words of the lord and you can fall from the window and i don't want it to get to that point for any of you i don't want you to feel like it's too far gone and that you're just comfortable right now and that it's going to be okay i want you to know that you can wake up You can come out of it. It's not too late to come back. Nothing is too dark. Nothing has gone too far. Nothing can separate you from it. He wants you to be free from it tonight because he loves you that much. And I do have the promise that when I lay it down, my load's going to become lighter, that when I surrender, I'm going to start fresh, and that my perspective on myself and my situation is going to change. Those are good promises to hold on to, and that's what gets to happen if we choose to surrender, because we can walk around saying, I am no longer a victim. I am no longer that thing that had authority over me. I am living in the true freedom of God, and that's what he wants for us. And I'm closing tonight, so if Brother Jade wants to play some music for us really quickly, I do know that the Lord told me that this message was going to be for someone in this house and he didn't tell me who it was for or what their situation looks like because that's not up for me to decide or to tell you this is it, this is you. If the Lord's been speaking to you at all, if there's anything that you're thinking of that's saying, have I surrendered that? Have I committed this situation to him? This, this situation just came up at my job. Did you submit it to him? This things going on in my home. Did you submit it to him? Your entire life can be submitted to him and he can start afresh in you. If you can say, I did surrender, well, that's really great, and I'm, I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that you're surrendered, but it's a two-part equation. Number one, I surrender. Number two, say, Lord, you can send me. So if you're saying that you're walking around in a state of surrender and that you've given your life everything that you can to the Lord, and you're ready to walk out the path that he has given you, you're ready, you're ready to allow him to use you and to recommit to the promises to him tonight, there's a closeness that you can walk in with him. There's a place that he can take you of surrender where you're walking in full obedience, where you know his voice so clearly that when all the voices begin to speak, you can pick his out and know that's God. That's what I need to do. I need to turn here. I need to go straight here. When you can hear the voice of the Lord that clearly, that's the closeness he wants if you surrender. I wanna be able to say that I am known for how much I love him. When someone looks at me, I hope that they see the love of God. I hope that they see the passion of God, that they see my heart, that that's my compassion, that I have empathy, that I want you to know him because he's everything to me and I want him to be everything to you too and that's why I'm telling you these things tonight. That all I do is for his glory. And that I'm willing to put my life down as the first priority because Paul accepted the fact that no matter where I go, I'm gonna face some things and we have to accept that too. No matter what happens, we're going to face some things. But if we surrender, he's going to protect us when we go through it. He's going to walk there right beside us. He's going to keep us from the dark things. We have a promise in him tonight. And I know that sometimes it gets heavy and sometimes you're fasting and you're saying, I'm under submission to the Lord, I'm showing him through my food, through my sacrifice. I'm doing that, I'm showing him my surrenderance. Then I hope that your prayer tonight is like me with the song, Lord, then here I am and you can use me. Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. The song says, take my hands, take my feet, take my mouth, you can speak through me, you can work through me, you can use me in whatever way. If you call me, I'll say yes. If it's to go downtown and to preach on the streets, then I'll say yes. If it's to sit in your church and to lay hands and watch the sick be healed, then I'll say yes. If it's to go to a different country that I've never heard of, then I'll say yes. When you get to the point where you realize that your life is not your own anyways, you'll surrender it and you'll say, God, whatever your plan is for me, that's what I want. And if you wanna stand across the house, I hope that's your prayer tonight. Lord, here I am, you can use me give me a heart for the broken. Lord, let me carry the burden because I know that with your strength it will not be too heavy. Lord, you can use anything. Then you can use me. I know that I'm broken. I know that I'm unworthy. I know that I've made mistakes, but I also know that you can meet me right where I am. And I know that any vessel he can use. He says that he can make the stones cry out, but a rock's not going to cry out for me. Lord, you can use me. Lord, you can use my mouth. And if it's say something that may be hard to say, give me the strength to say it. And if it's something hard to do, then I know that I'll find the strength in you. Whatever it is that you want for me, that's what I want. And I hope that's your prayer tonight. So I'm going to make an altar call here for two things. The first thing is if you want to live a life of surrenderance if you've never surrendered your life to God, if you have surrendered it, but there's that thing that's still eating you that you're saying, this is too hard to give up. If you're still identifying with the words of your past and with the trauma that you've been through, if any of those things are true, you can surrender that and you can walk in new hope and new peace and new joy. You are more than the situations that happen to you. You are more than the things that you have walked through. You are more than who you used to be. You're not that person anymore. And so many times the enemy tries to make you think that you're stuck in that place and that you're just that, old man, but the day that you decide to give your life to the Lord, you are a completely new creation. He does not associate those things with you anymore. So it's time for you to stop associating those things with yourself because you're not a victim anymore. You're a victor through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you, through the stripes that he bore for you, through his son that he sent who was killed and but also resurrected for you. That's the power that we have to walk in. That I don't want to be a victim anymore. I don't want to let life keep just beating me up. And staying on this cycle, I want to break it. Then you can surrender tonight, and you can walk in a freedom you've never felt, with love that you've never can experience in your life until the love of the Lord meets you in that broken state. And if you have surrendered, the second call I'm going to give is if your heart's crying and saying, "Lord, if you can use anything, then you can use me." If your heart was meeting when we we're singing the song "Send Me," then I want you to make that known to God. Make your petition to heaven and say, "Lord, here I am. You can have it all." And I'm trusting you with it because when you get to a place that you tell him, here I am, Lord, you can send me. Everything will begin to change for you. So if either of those things touch your heart tonight, I just want you to come. I want to pray with you. I don't want you to walk around in a state of defeat anymore. I want you to get out of that place, out of that cycle that you're stuck in. And if you are surrendered, then I want to agree with you that we're going to new places, that the Lord can use us. He's going to work through us. He's going to do a new thing in our church, a new thing in our family, a new thing in our lives. So I'm going to ask you to come. We're going to begin to sing. We're going to begin to pray and just say, Lord, here I am. Oh, just use me, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you can have it all, God. I give you every hope, every fear, every anxiety, every question I don't have the answer to, God, I give it to you. Everything that's happened to me, God, I give it to you. Every person that talks about me, God, I'm letting it go, I'm giving it to you. When I wasn't treated fairly, God, I'm still giving it to you. If I think I was the victim, I'm not anymore, I'm giving it to you, I'm overcoming it tonight. Lord, just have your way. We surrender God. Lord, I surrender to your will and to your way. Oh, we give ourselves to you, Lord. Hey, everyone, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this message and I hope it blessed you. And please check our description below. You'll find all of our social medias linked below. And as always, please subscribe so we can reach more people. As always, thanks for watching and I hope to see you soon.